Would you pray with me? Father, we do thank you this morning for your word. That We pray now that you would give us your Holy Spirit to speak it to us. That it might take root in our hearts. That it might bring life to our hearts. That it might bring your great grace to us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, please be seated. Good morning again. Uh, I want to ask you a question. What are you expecting this Christmas? Now, uh, for many of us, the answer is usually something that's going to be wrapped up and placed under a tree, right? Because, largely speaking, culturally, Christmas has become singularly the season of gift-giving, right? And for some, more than others, gift-receiving. Ironically, my experience is this, that most of the gifts that we get uh, at Christmas are enjoyed only briefly, If you have kids or if you've ever been around kids on Christmas morning, you'll know this. Some gifts don't actually make it through the entire Christmas day, right? I mean, uh, they just don't make it. And I brought an example of this here. It is, um, this is a toy helicopter, remote control. And uh, this was my Christmas present last year. And in my lifetime, I've gotten about five of these all of which were broken on Christmas Day when somebody, me, flew them into the ceiling, breaking the propellers. And my determination last year was to not break this one, and my solution was to never actually open it. Um, So eventually, I plan to... uh, Well, I don't know if it's got replaceable batteries, but my plan is just to wait until it doesn't have any batteries that work, and then I'll take it out. Um, But this is an example, right? Often we, what we are expecting, we're longing for, we're hoping for, we want so badly is a gift we receive one day and is broken or forgotten or ignored the next. What we need is a gift that keeps on giving, right? It reminds me of a story of a boy named Cody. Several months after Christmas, little Cody saw his uncle for the first time. And he ran up to his uncle and he says, Thank you, thank you, thank you for my electric guitar. It is the best gift I ever got. And he goes, That's great. Are you, have you learned to play it? And he goes, Oh, no, I don't play it. Oh, no, I don't play it. You see, my mom gives me a dollar a day not to play the guitar during the day. And my dad gives me $5 a week not to play it at night. This is the best gift I have ever gotten. <laughs> Little Cody had received a gift that kept on giving, right? What if I told you, what if I told you that you can have a gift that keeps on giving every moment of every day, of every one of your lives. Would you want that? Of course you would. We all do. And this is exactly what we are given in the grace of God found in Jesus Christ. The grace of God is the gift that keeps on giving every moment of every day of every one of our lives. And this, my friends, this is the gift that's under the tree. It doesn't break, it always fits, and ultimately, it's what you always wanted. This morning, we are returning to our sermon series, His Story. God's people are on the cuffs of what they've always wanted, and frankly, what they desperately needed. A Messiah is coming, the Savior of the world is near. See, their need 
all the, from Mary all the way back. It goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden, to the very beginning, Genesis chapter 3. There, God tells the serpent that Mary's offspring will bruise his head. Basically, Mary's offspring is going to defeat Satan. Then, when God makes his promise to Abraham, he promises that in your offspring shall all the nations of the world be blessed. Later on, when God makes the promise to King David, the man after God's heart, he says, I will raise up your offspring after you, one of your own sons, and I will establish his kingdom forever. And then we just heard, read the, the prophetic voice of Isaiah saying, there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse. Now, Jesse was the father of David, and of his line, the king that will be the branch, of Jesse's line will be the branch that will bear ultimate and eternal fruit. Friends, the entire Bible, up until this point with Mary, every human, every generation, every day is looking for the one who is the Messiah. This is Jesus. See, Jesus is Eve's offspring who will defeat Satan. Jesus is Abraham's offspring that will bless the whole earth. Jesus is David's offspring whose kingdom will last forever. Jesus is the shoot and branch of Jesse who will bear eternal fruit. This is the one. Jesus is the one whom the angel Gabriel proclaims will be born from Mary in our gospel reading this morning. This is the one. The grace of God is the gift that keeps on giving. The grace of God is found only in Jesus. He is the gift that is under your tree. Let's look at Luke's account about the arrival of Jesus, the Savior of the world. If you have your scripture sheet in front of you, we'll try to keep up with it on the screens as well. And I want you to notice several things. The first thing in Luke's account of Mary's uh, encounter with Gabriel is this. Luke tells us it's no ordinary birth for a couple of reasons, right? First, this is no ordinary birth because her pregnancy is announced by an angel. Let me tell you, if you're thinking about having a baby and you want to do one of those great Instagram reveals that you are pregnant, if you can get Gabriel, you win, all right? Um, I mean, it will top all other ones. Gabriel is one who we learned last week with the story of Zechariah. Gabriel is God's holy messenger who stands in the presence of God Almighty. I mean, stands in the presence for a minute. I mean, just take this. Uh, look, the Bible's clear that we all bow before the Almighty. We are all going to be on our knees before him. But here's the one who gets to stand in his presence, coming to Mary to tell, uh, uh, tell her the good news. So here he is. The first thing he says is, hey, Mary, surprise. Um, uh, it, it shouldn't surprise us, though, friends that an event with such salvific importance demands such an important messenger, right? Here is the Son of God being born into the world. It demands a messenger of Gabriel's caliber. Second thing we realize about this being no ordinary birth is that is the more obvious one. It's spoken twice in this passage that Mary is a virgin. She is uh, betrothed to be married to Joseph, which is a, uh, a permanent, lasting uh, commitment. 
one in which they uh, are, are betrothed for a year, and then they are married, and they consummate that marriage by having sex. But at this point, Mary has never known a man. Mary is a virgin. So this is no ordinary birth, partly because of the messenger who tells her about it, partly because she's never known a man. There's no ordinary birth because Jesus has no biological human father. Joseph, he's going to be the father of Jesus as much as he, in as much as he's adopted Jesus. And this is really important because King David's line, in order for the prophecy to be fulfilled that David's line, out of David's line will be the king that lasts forever, you know who it comes through? It doesn't come through Mary. It comes through Joseph. And I think this is a quite a beautiful, this is an aside, I think this is really beautiful. When you think about adoption in this world, if you've ever adopted a child, you know how wonderful and beautiful it is to bring somebody in and make them actually part of your family. And here the Bible is saying, look, when you bring somebody into your family, Joseph is bringing uh, Jesus into his family and, and giving him the very line necessary to fulfill the prophecy. Friends, adoption is an incredibly important and beautiful and real uh, event. It is so important for children and it is important for our story. Jesus' father is not Joseph, but God Almighty. So Luke shows us that this is no ordinary birth. Then Luke shows us that Jesus is no ordinary person. So no ordinary birth, no ordinary person. Gabriel, as he speaks to Mary, is telling her about this child. Verse 32, he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. Basically, the Son of the Most High is an indication that he will be divine. He will be God, the Son of Most High. Then he will be the king. Verse 32 continues, the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. Jesus is going to be the king, verse 33 who will reign over the house of Jacob forever. Basically, he's the king that they've been waiting for. He's the one who fulfills David's uh, uh, line and promise, and he will rule over all of Israel. This is the Messiah. He is no ordinary person. Third, Luke shows us that Jesus brings no ordinary outcome. With Jesus, you can expect things to be different than they were. Think back, if you can, or if you, uh, if you will, over the history of God's people, over the history of Israel. Before the fall of the northern and southern kingdoms, back when the kingdoms, the king, uh, they were kings over Israel, before they were taken into captivity in Babylon, the history of Israel was basically a rotation of leaders. There were a bunch of judges before there were a bunch of kings. Some of the kings were good, but most of the kings were what? Bad. And, uh, uh, but this king, this king Jesus, he's going to be great because Gabriel tells us that his monarchy, his kingdom will be eternal. Gabriel tells Mary that of his kingdom, there will be no end. You see, all of those rulers went away, partly because of their humanity, partly because of their unfaithfulness. And so all of a sudden, Jesus is no ordinary person. He will rule completely and perfectly forever. Friends, when he rules your life, when you are made part of his kingdom, this reality is yours. You have a perfect, just, 
and never-ending king to give you life and to care for your needs and to rule justly and lovingly over you. The Apostle Paul tells us about the consequences of this reality uh, in Philippians 2 when he says this, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You see, the outcome, the outcome of Jesus' kingdom is everybody will acknowledge his authority and rule. Some will do it as part of his family, and some will do it not as part of his family. Some will be under his rule to eternal life, and some will be under his rule to eternal death. There is, this is no ordinary person with no ordinary outcome. The kingdom, the rule, all of this begins with an extraordinary, uh, excuse me, all of this begins with an ordinary girl on whom God has extraordinary grace. She has favored, has found favor by God. She has been favored she is the favored of God. The root Greek word here is kairuto, is best defined as bestow favor upon. The same construction is found in Ephesians 1 when Paul describes the spiritual blessings that we all get in Jesus. He says there, we have his glorious grace with which he has blessed us, with which he has bestowed upon us in Jesus. God has bestowed a special grace upon Mary. And he will bestow a special grace upon you and me. And this is the grace, the grace of God that keeps on giving in our life. So Jesus was born in no ordinary birth. He is no ordinary person. And he will bring no ordinary outcome. The question I have for you this morning is this. Will you only have just an ordinary Christmas? But this Christmas, will you have just an ordinary Christmas? Because the invitation that God is giving you is this, is to have a powerful, life-transforming encounter with God's Son, with God Himself, with Jesus. The whole history of the world, His story turns on this incarnation, turns on the fact that Jesus was born into the world. The question is, is will we receive it? Will we trust in Him? Will we be filled with him? Will we have this life-transforming uh, event happen to us? Uh, Athanasius, he was a famous uh, early church father. He was the bishop of Alexandria in the 4th century. Uh, he was a defender of the faith. And he, uh, he said this about the incarnation, about the birth of Jesus. He said that the reason this took place, God became man so that man might become God. He became man, he became like us, human, so that we might become like him. Gabriel comes to Mary, tells her she will have a miraculous virgin birth, ultimately so that you can not exchange gifts on Christmas Day, not so that we don't have, I mean, we like gifts, we like nice family events, but this is not the reason he became human. He became human so that you might become divine that you might become perfectly holy and eternal, that you might be perfected and healed, that you might be reconciled and restored. 
He came to save you from your sin and to change your future outcome to a new one, to take where you were going to get death to now give you life. What a wonderful grace that keeps on giving. See, Jesus, he's the one who's under the tree. He became human so that you might receive him and become like him. And I wonder today, this morning, this week, are you stuck? Are you stuck in your sin? Do you have a a covering of shame that is overwhelming to you? Friends, he came to save you from that sin. He came to wash you clean from that outcome so that you might become holy, perfect, righteous, and eternal. Friends, are you sick? Is your heart sick? Are you still carrying the wounds that have come through a lifetime of pain? See, Jesus, he's the miracle maker. He was born in a miracle And he came and raised to life out of the grave in a miracle. His life in this world begins and ends in miracles. He is the miraculous, and he is the great healer. Whether you have physical, emotional, or spiritual pain, God can heal you through his son, Jesus. Third, are your relationships strained? Now, you don't have to admit it, admit it, but this is Christmas. <laughs> and some of you are going to have some guests in your house. Some of you might have already had some guests in your house where you've had to bite your lip. Hopefully, perhaps you didn't bite your lip. Friends, are your relationships strained or broken? See, Jesus, this Jesus is the one who teaches about forgiveness. How to be forgiven and how to forgive others. By following him, you too can have your relationships reconciled and restored. See, this is the grace that keeps on giving. Why? Because we need these things all the time. Sin continues to have its problem. We still have our problems with sin. We still are sick and wounded. We still have relationships that need healing. And what Jesus says is that I come to make things new. I come to bring a completely different outcome. No ordinary birth, no ordinary person, no ordinary outcome. And I wonder today, is it today that you have no ordinary response? Mary says this, how can this be? That was Mary's question, and it might be yours. How can you have this grace that keeps on giving? And Gabriel's answer to Mary is God's answer to you. It's this, verse 35. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. You want to have an extraordinary Christmas. You want to find peace that lasts and invite God's Holy Spirit this morning to cover you, to overshadow you, to fill you, to show you his grace and his mercy this week. Ask his Holy Spirit to fill you so that you might uh, be different, uh, not on your own strength, but in his strength. That you might see his power at work in yourself 
and in your family and in your relationships and in your heart. The choice is yours. Will you have a, a lovely, customary, Mount Pleasant Christmas with delightful meal and mostly delightful company and some nice yet temporary presents? Or will you open the gift that keeps on giving eternally, abundantly, more than you could ever ask or imagine? Perhaps it's time to discover or rediscover the gift of Jesus. If you want to have a Merry Christmas, you and I have to have Mary's Christmas. I want you to look at her response. It's there at the end, and here is no ordinary response. Mary says this, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be according to your word. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be according to your word. Often what holds us back is we want Jesus, and we still want whatever this is. And what Jesus says is, follow me. He simply says, follow me. Leave behind the things that need to be left behind and follow me. And what Mary shows us is a simple response. Lord, let it be to me according to your word. Let it happen as you say it should happen. There was a 17th century mystic named Jean Guyon. In response to a lifetime of difficulty and oppression, she wrote in her book, Experiencing the Depths of Jesus Christ, this. She said, Abandonment to Christ is the key to fathomless depths. Abandonment is the key to the spiritual life. So this morning, how can we respond to challenges and difficult circumstances with faith, acceptance, and abandonment? It is Mary's response. God, let it be as you say. Lord, would you do what you promised to do? Lord, would you help me to trust you? And will you fill me with your spirit? May this be our prayer today and this week and forever. Father, let it be to me this Christmas according to your word. Help me to fully discover the gift of your grace, to see your son, and to be filled with your power and your spirit. And friends, he will. Why? Because he promises to. He says, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Jesus is the one who's come to baptize you with water and the Holy Spirit. He will do what he says. Let's pray. Oh, Father, we do thank you that you sent your son Jesus into the world so that we might be healed and restored and made like you. Father, this Christmas, above all, let us see Jesus. Lord, would you give us your Holy Spirit? Would you fill us with your Holy Spirit? Will you pour out your Holy Spirit that we might see you fully and forever? In Jesus' name, amen.